I am Sumit Gupta and this is Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams at work and life. This is a podcast for people who know deep inside that there is more. Have you achieved a great deal of success, but on the inside you still feel empty and like an imposter? Do other people see you as a strong leader and you wonder why it still feels so lonely and suffocating? The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. I dare to speak to the tremendous power which you already have rather than what you believe are your strengths and limitations. This podcast is called Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. And this is the Leadership Journey series. I am interviewing leaders with an interesting story to learn how they got where they are today. We all have a lot to learn from each other's stories of where we started, where we are now and our successes and struggles on the way. With this series of interviews, my attempt is to give leaders an opportunity to share their stories and for all of us to learn from their generous sharing. Artus is the CEO and founder at Atom Mobility, which helps companies and entrepreneurs to launch their own e-vehicle sharing and mobility platform in just 20 days. In the interview, Artush shares his vision for the future and he, how he plans to take his company from 15 to 50 people. He is a leader who is not afraid to get his hands dirty and he is ready to do any job in his company. He has no false pride of being a CEO and yet at the same time, he takes time to step away from the day-to-day -day operations to focus on the long-term strategy for his company and then supporting his team to execute on that. Hi, Arthurs. Welcome to the Choosing Leadership Podcast. Hi, thank you for having me here. You're most welcome. So to begin with, can you share for our listeners who you are and what do you do today? Yeah, sure. My name is Arthur Bornin. I am founder of Automobility. It's a startup based in Riga, Latvia. And our main product is an IT platform for companies that are planning to launch their own vehicle sharing businesses. So it can be any type of sharing mobility. Share mobility can be scooter share, bike share, car share, or even boat sharing and things like that. And we provide all the tools, IT support, knowledge integration so uh, other companies can really launch these type of businesses in a record short time without any technical knowledge needed where yeah yeah thank you for sharing that so before before we get into your current company can you share a little bit about your background and like how you got where you are today any key events any key moments which have shaped you in life sure but like entrepreneurship was always the thing that i wanted to try and like basically is my, my, my passion and, and one of the most important interests in my life. So from early school years, I was doing some projects like at that time, you probably will not call it like businesses or something like that. It's more like I was small projects when I was 12, 14 years old, we was my, with, together with my friend, we were trying to resell some merchandise with football club logotypes on it. That was basically one, one of the fast, first things that we tried. Then later in, in middle school, I was also participating, reselling different electronics from China and to Baltics, uh, different MP3 players and things like that, cameras, basically not also not a startup but basically just small projects, uh, which were run for maybe half a year, then also run other projects in parallel. So it's, it's we started my entrepreneurship journey started really in school. 
with different, not so very high-end or high technical projects, but basically it was something that was, I was interested in. So I continued that during the st uh, studies at university where I met my future co-founders as well. So we then in, in, in Riga Technical University, we met and we decided to want to start our own company uh, in market. So we started that. Uh, the first one was a failure. We worked on on the project, and it actually it was a startup. So basically, it's a product with a high level of scalability in mind, and uh, it was in some sense popular and successful. But in financial sense, it was a disaster. So we we were four at the time when we founded our first startup, and we worked on that for four or five years. Then unfortunately, we needed to shut it down, shut down operations. And Shortly after, we together with one of my co-founders decided that we want to step in mobility and mobility market, which at that moment it was more or less 2018, end of 2018, when the idea came into my mind that and that's, at that moment the mobility market just started in states, and we decided we want to jump this trend and let's see what we can build. So that's how basically it started. And can you share a little bit about right what pulled you towards entrepreneurship or starting some projects at that very early age? Is there something in your family or what other key influences who like led you to doing that? Yeah, probably it's, it's probably came from my father. He's an entrepreneur himself. He ran a small business in wood industry. So I was always from early childhood. I was observing how busy he was, how cool it looks that he's doing some meetings and things like that. And there is always some stress involved, some risks involved. So it, it looked interesting to me compared to regular job. But of course, I only saw that this interesting part. I never estimated that there is more behind that, like 10 times mm -hmm. more than normally you will do at any other corporate and non-corporate job from which, which is normal nine to five, basically. So I was thinking that it's an easy journey, cool, nice, interesting, risky, and uh, trendy, but it, it's actually not. It's way more complicated, harder. And in most of the cases, I will say you get less for what you invest in terms of time and effort compared to regular job. You have le level risks and way more stability and way better life work balance, for example. So that's basically, I think, the, when, when, where the motivation came from. And then the second part, I think probably it's personal. I always wanted to do things my way and, and do the thing that I believe it's the right thing to do, right quality. So I always look for some opportunities that just go, comes to me organically. I see something doesn't work well, so I can imagine, okay, I could do better this process. And then you, when you see the process, which is broken, when you see the market, which is broken, somehow these opportunities came to my mind. I see one, two, three, four, five. I always have a list of things that I see that can be done better, but of course I don't have time. So I focus usually on one thing at a time. So that's basically two things I think was a main structure for me starting companies. Yeah. And you have had your own journey, right? As you said, with, with some failures or setbacks in the beginning. So what are one or two key lessons that you have learned about leading your life that way that you can share with anybody who is listening? The first one thing, probably the, you need to start, like you probably will not be able to build a huge successful company with the first attempt. Maybe some people can, some people are very lucky or very talented. I'm not. So for me, it took three, four even maybe five attempts before the first success. Some of them were like smaller scale, some of them were larger scale. In some ways, I invest more time and money. In some projects, I invest less time. But basically, it wasn't the first attempt for sure. Uh, so I think that's important. So if you uh, feel that it's something that you are passionate about and you want some time uh, in the future to start your own uh, projects or startup or company, 
uh, just start as soon as possible. Uh, don't need to, the HR, not the limit. You can do right now with internet, a lot of things. So even if you're in school, you can already start something and it will give you a lot of information. And then this information will basically change the way how you think. And this will open you, your mind for future ideas. That's basically, I will recommend the number one thing. Yeah. And the second part probably is basically, it will be hard. So probably the most popular, let's say, and the most popular suggestions now, like never give up and it's partly true. I agree with that. So it will be hard and it never comes easy. So you need to a little bit work. You need to perform well. And then it's not like happens, not, nothing happens in weeks, months. It usually takes years or at least like half a year to see some initial results. You need to work hard and at least for some time you need to work on idea on a project before you see any reasonable results. So you cannot give up. Of course, at some point in the future, if you see that you tried enough, you tried different examples, you need to adapt, change, modify project idea, pivot it to other thing or close it and start a new one. It's also, you need to fill this line when you tried all of the things and nothing work. Maybe his approach is wrong. Maybe the market yeah. is wrong. Maybe something within the mentality. But to reach this, you still need to work hard and not give up for some time. So that's the second most critical thing, in my opinion. Thank you for sharing that. I think both of them are so relevant. One is about starting up that you, if you wait for readiness or if you wait for the right time, you basically will keep on waiting. And the second is once you start, challenges will obviously come. There is a lot of uncertainty in the world of an entrepreneur. And then to basically continue to iterate, continue to evolve along with what you're learning in the market. Thank you for sharing that. But I want to ask now, the next obvious question is, right, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with all the pressure? How do you deal with all the uncertainty? And especially in the last two or three years, it has like, the, even that has gone up a level on a global scale. So how do you manage all the overwhelming? Right now, obviously it's, it's way easier at the moment because we already have running operations for three years in the company. We have stable revenue, it's growing. We have profitability and a team of 15 people behind that. So at least already it's more or less, I will say not a super stable company, but at least company with a history and we have some stability in our company. So it's way more easily right now to predict, adapt and forecast because we have some run rate and some uh, metrics, historical ones and trends. So it, right now it's not so hard, but let's say if we jump back and let's say three, four years ago, when we just started or at the moment when uh, the previous company was falling apart, then of course the result of the stress, you basically go into work and you just try as many things like as possible within the project to make sure that you're not missing some opportunity because the one time you're running out of the time and also energy, which is also limited resource. You cannot utilize your energy forever without any, any recharge. Basically you sometimes to recharge your battery to get new energy, new ideas. So that was the tough period. The thing that's helped me probably the most, I think it's doing a person who play football or in America, they call it soccer. And that's that thing that's actually coming from childhood as well. I played till since I was nine or eight years old. So it was like one of the things that there is my biggest hobby, I will say. Mm -hmm. And why I enjoy sports, especially team, because during this one, two hour session with a, with a teammates, you basically, you physically cannot think about the, the business. You cannot think about the, the problems. You just focus on, on the ball, on the team, on the situation, on the field. And so basically that, that's the moment when you basically 
recharge your mind because because you cannot just basically think about anything else except the, the helping your teammates if basically win the game. I think it's very important. And I tried different sports as well. And not all of these sports that tried to help me to refocus mind. Like, for example, running doesn't help. I, I also do run. But when I run, I still think about the business, the market opportunities, the, the risks, the opportunities. So the mind doesn't turn off. So I need more dynamics thing. And for me, it is both, which is a very dynamic sport, but for some, it can be tennis or it can be ice hockey or field hockey or any other dynamic sport when you need to quickly change your mind from one, one point to another one. So you don't have this monotonous approach where you can, when you start thinking about life, about business and about the things and this two, three hours or how, how like per day or three times a week really help keep you in a tonus. And after the session of the training, you feel a bit lethargic, you physically are tired, but mentally you're recharged. So next day you can start with fresh ideas. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that because so many people that I'm talking to these days have some kind of sports or physical exercise like meditation or something which they practice. And they say that it helps them a lot with their leadership. And exactly as you said, to, to not be able to think of that for even an hour can make a huge difference to how you, how it can freshen up your mind. Thank you for sharing that. And can you share a little bit about the future now? Like where are you headed? What does a successful future look like for you? There is right now, there is many opportunities and the market is also very interesting right now. Of course, markets always in evolves and changes, but right now the market where we operate, which is mobility. It's also very rapidly growing. If I recall numbers correctly, it's every year the mobility market grows like 50%. Mm -hmm. So we also grow together with the market. And where is the market growth? There is always some new niches coming in, new opportunities. From, say, product perspective, we are also looking to expand our product um, to new verticals. So we're looking on uh, long-term rental markets. We're looking for uh, looking on ride-hailing markets in addition to 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 market where we are, which is shared mobility market. So for sure, there are a lot of things that we are currently working, and I think we will have a couple of nice launches this summer, June, July, August. We we're planning to launch new products. We have small, let's say, dedicated team for that, and this is where we see uh, also a, a basically opportunity for us to. Let's say triple our revenues and in the long run also double or triple our team. And that's, that will be the goal for next two, three years, double, triple the team and triple the revenue. That will be already significant growth for us. And then the scale of the team will be approximately 50 by the time. Right. So it's already more or less stable company when, when, where you have more resources, when you have more revenue, when you have more opportunities. And because with, with the revenue comes more opportunities, we can experiment with new markets, you can scale existing markets and so on and so on. So that's uh, our, let's say, short-term short -term goal. But uh, on the long term, if we're talking about the mission and the vision of the company, of course, uh, we want to help as many entrepreneurs as possible worldwide to start their own green and sustainable share mobility companies. It can be bikes or, or e-bikes or e-mopeds or scooters doesn't matter anywhere in the world when we're, where there is a lack of sustainable share mobility we will be happy to help local companies entrepreneurs to establish that and grow it and build successful business around that so that's our goal currently we're around hundreds 110 cities worldwide with our technology and my personal vision is to be present in more than thousands of cities worldwide which will be already let's say visible on the map and it will be a good milestone to, to help entrepreneurs within, let's say, thousand cities worldwide.
to start this kind of business. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing both the short term and the long term, right? Because what I see or what I listen from your what you're sharing is that you want to play a big role in the like globally in the market itself, in the green market, in the sustainability market. So thousand cities, right? That's 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 a huge vision. But tell me this, right? For personally for yourself and also as you said, the organization that you're building. What challenges do you see, especially in the context of your leadership or the organization, as you move forward towards creating that uh, or making that future re- a reality? The, probably the challenges, there's let's two, two, two verticals of challenges. One is inside your organization and another one is outside the organization. Unfortunately, uh-huh. we cannot control what's outside. And I referred to, let's say, market changes, competitor changes or something like that. We just can monitor it and adapt. So the core keyword here is adapt to what changes and quickly feel the trend. And if something changes, we need to also adapt our operations and strategy. So that's the reaction to anything that's outside the company. And you adapt also your scaling plan. But regarding what's inside company, it's uh, more of what we can control to some extent. And the challenge is with growing the team. Of course, they don't have experience to, let's say, grow to a couple of hundred people and the biggest uh, the biggest amount of people that we had is basically right now so we are also hiring and we're at a yearly stage in terms of team size we're currently at 15 plus 2 a new employees of 17 and we have a couple of open positions but we are still very small but uh, in general i think that it will be harder to scale the team in general as as before when you had like a team of five six seven people it's rather easy to share all the knowledge and make sure that everybody on the same page. Already now, I feel that when we are 15 plus, I feel it's not so easy anymore to, let's say, share the same idea. So everybody is on the same page because they're different. We also don't have, let's say, all people in one place at the same time. Some of them are working from completely different countries and different time zones as well. That's probably challenge number one, how we keep everything on the same page when we have 15 people versus when we have 50 people in a team. So everybody has the same idea of what is good for the company and for the market and what's bad, what is a good attitude toward a customer and what is bad attitude toward a customer. And basically these principles of how you communicate, how you make the decisions. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the, the challenges to make it very transparent and not over micromanage every, everybody to achieve that. So that's basically one of the key challenges. And of course, and the second part is hiring process, getting the right team members. It's, I will say, one of the hardest, hardest things. You need to find a person who is capable of delivering the result. It's one point and second one, at the same time, he or she's happy at your company and feeling appreciated and like seeing that there is an opportunity to grow within the company. So they shouldn't be bored, otherwise they won't stay with the company. They don't see that there is some opportunities to grow personally, professionally, and financially. So you need to, you as a leader, you as a CEO, you need to make sure that there are such opportunities and you can regularly provide them. So that's also one of the key things Mm -hmm. to find this balance between who you hire, what type of mentality they have, and how you can retain them in the long run. Thank you. I think I, I'm so glad to hear that that you are already have you already have these challenges in mind, even when you are at a 15 people and you're already thinking about that scale. Because from my experience working with many leaders, one of the biggest challenges I have seen is to move from executing to creating more leaders, and then working on the transparency, working on the culture, working on like the motivation and alignment, as you said. So, how do you move from executing to creating more leaders 
and then ensuring that they are aligned, that they are motivated, and then you are basically guiding the ship rather than pulling the ship on your own. So I'm so glad to hear that you already have that in your mind. So if you were to wake up tomorrow having gained any new skill or quality, what would that be? <laughs> yes, magically, yeah, given the future that you just shared with us, given the challenges that you shared with us, if there is one skill or ability that would help you the most and which you can just have tomorrow magically, what would that probably be? Probably if, like, if we're talking about more realistic, let's say, touristic, probably it's the ability to forecast and feel the trends of the market. So uh -huh. you, you can track the news, you can read the news, you can feel some something that's happening in the market. And if you uh, catch this right signals, you can really make good decisions and other companies will not be able to, to, to catch this. So you're basically in front of them like two, three years. If you have this ability and this internal feeling, that's something I, I try self. And that's why also reading out of information regarding our market in general, to see what's happening there, what will be the next thing and to be ready to make sure that our company is ready by the moment when this become like obvious for everybody. That's the, probably one of the key things in long term to make the company sustainable. But for more unrealistic things that magically could appear, of course, it's the basic ability to stop the time. <laughs> that's, that, that's something unrealistic, but very well able skill to, to slow down the time so you can think more and enjoy more time on this planet. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I think for the second one, it's quite interesting because obviously physically you cannot slow down the time. But what I've seen is that you can learn to slow yourself down even amidst the biggest of challenges. And you can enjoy even among those difficult times, those tough times, which is a part of any leadership journey. You can you can learn to slow things down. You can learn to really be present with people, and that also helps you to to your to the first ability which you mentioned to really listen, to really see, and get a sense of what is happening, what people really want to express. Also, yeah, I think thanks for sharing the lighter side of it as well, because I do think that it's possible to be able to do both. So before before we end, tell me, tell us or tell anybody who is listening something interesting about yourself, which more, most people do not know. That's a tricky one. I wouldn't say that I'm a very extraordinary person or I have something, something special. Probably the only thing that I can share and probably some people know, maybe some people don't, is that I feel comfortable doing any work, which is good for the company. Some people mm. think that, okay, CEO should only basically lead or show the vision and don't do some not CEO stuff. In my opinion, like as far as it's a company, if it helps, I can do any part of the job as far as it helps. Of course, if you have time and you don't have any other priorities, some there's something I see that's out of, well, let's say, CEOs are losing within the time and they become very abstract from the team, the tasks that they're doing. Uh, and I think it's one of the biggest risks as well. And that's why I'm basically, I'm completely okay to replace any team member and do any part of the job in the company. And I'm not feeling bad about that. Thank you. Thank you. I think, so what you're sharing is that you're ready to get your hands dirty. And also what you share about like many different views about what a CEO should do. And you're trying to find the balance between being abstract or being more of a leader and being able to go deeper in the, again, in the context of helping your company, because in the end, your job is to make your company and your team successful. And if you know what is missing, there should be no ideology or there should be no philosophy which stops you from doing that. If that means uh, like getting your hands dirty, that, but it could also mean supporting somebody or sharing with what is missing in their role or what they are missing out on. 
So thank you for sharing that balanced approach. I think a lot of people take one side or the other. And I'm glad that you shared that. And especially now that you're mo- going to move from a 15-people company to, to a 50-person company, I think it will put this this exactly what you shared to a good test uh, in the future. Thank you. So before before we end, right, how can anybody who is listening find out more about you, connect with uh, what you are up to and keep updated with uh, like all the amazing success, which I'm sure that you're, you're up, going to achieve in the next few years? The, the easiest probably will be to, to just add me on LinkedIn. I'm there under my name, surname, Arthur's Bornins, or just find a company at Mobility and you will find the people behind the company will find myself too. So I'm not posting a lot there, but I answer all the messages there as well. So if you have some questions, you just can send me a request and then, then we can chat in the chat. So it's not a problem. Thank you. So I will make sure to add those links to your LinkedIn profile and to your company website on the show notes when the episode is out. But once again, thank you, Artus, for sharing your journey with us, sharing how you think about leadership and also sharing about the future and the past and how these connect. And I want to wish you the best in this in this journey. As you said, right, it's an exciting journey, never, never for the lack of uncertainties or surprises. But I'm sure that you have quite a lot of experience, quite a lot of learnings from your history and you continue moving forward, taking your team from 15 to 50 and maybe who knows, even 500 at one point. Thank you. Let's hope for that. Yeah. Thank you. And I wish you a good day. You too. It was nice talking to you. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself but also for those around you. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. I say what might be uncomfortable for me to say or for you to hear, to show you that all our dreams which have been on hold are within our grasp. If you like the sound of it, do not forget to leave a rating. I invite you to subscribe to my newsletter at deployyourself.com newsletter. You can also reach out on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook to share any other comment or feedback. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.